Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Something has happened a few times over the last couple of months, and I don't know why God started talking to me about this this morning. Um, where, where we live, our development is sort of on top of a, uh, a hill. It's, it, it's, it's, elevation's pretty high. And has anyone noticed the last few months just how windy it's been? Yeah. I mean, uh, right after the holidays, I think it was, my Christmas decorations took a beating. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, in the middle of the night, it blew our storm door open and just shattered glass in the door. It was crazy. And then the other night, I thought we were going to get blown away. Um, and you're wondering, why am I talking about this? Because this, this is what God told me this morning. He said, those are winds of revival. And so there are some things blowing and shifting in the natural. Amen? Um, but there's something spiritual behind it. But when the wind blows, how many know some, some of our stuff gets rearranged? Some of our decorations get messed with. Some of our, I mean, I went out yesterday and things were moved all over our porch. And, and, and so we, we want revival, amen? Um, but sometimes it, 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 it comes at a price of rearranging some things and dealing with some things. I say, let's deal with it. Let's, let's, God, let's, let's let him rearrange some things and... and um, if you're real, real, real old school, um, you would know the name the Imperials. Anyone know that? Yeah. Raise your hand. Be proud. You knew that. <laughs> now, how many could raise your hand and say, I have no idea what you're talking about? Back in the early Christian music days, there was a group called the Imperials, and they sang a song, Let the Wind Blow. So I say, let the wind blow. Amen? So hold on. All right. That has nothing to do with the rest of my message, but I just thought that was, that was good. Um, so I, I will make this connection because I, I, I believe, you know, we've, we've been, um, gosh, it's been good this year. Um, we've had good crowds, good response. We've had some good series. God, God's just doing some stuff. Can you sense it? Can you sense it? Um, and so we just, we just spent a whole series talking about who our enemy is. We have three enemies. Y'all remember that series? The devil, the world, and your flesh. We've been talking about that. So we're going to change courses. And so I, what I want to talk about for a few weeks is just as important as the series we've been on for the last, um, last couple months. But here, here's our new series today. It's called The In Crowd. Everyone say The In Crowd. So you say that, a lot of things come to mind. I just, look, I just looked that up in the dictionary. And The In Crowd is defined as a small group within a larger group. And maybe you've always wanted to be on the in crowd, but weren't. Or maybe in some areas you're in the in crowd. Or not. And different things get people in the in crowd. Sometimes prestige will do it. Sometimes popularity can do it. Sometimes money can do it. Who you know. But how many know if, you, if you're a believer, you're on the in crowd? You're the in crowd. So the in crowd is a smaller group within a larger group that's influential. It's a small group within a larger group that's influential. And... The, the word influence means this. It means you have the capacity or you have the persuading force or the capacity to have a persuading force, I should say, on the beliefs and behaviors of someone. So you have the capacity to be a persuading force 
on, what pe- on the beliefs and the behaviors of others. So if you're on the in crowd, that means you're influential. And influence means I have this capacity to, to really have a persuading ability on what someone believes and how someone acts. Over the last decade, they say that there all of a sudden have become, I think it's somewhere around 5 billion followers online. 5 billion followers in, in a decade. And what that means is at the same time, there are over 50 million people who consider themselves influencers. So when you say influencer, that's different than, it, than its meeting was maybe 10, 20 years ago. So what happens is online, these people will post areas of interest or expertise, and they post their views, and people start to buy into it and believe in it and follow their views. We have influencers and we have followers. It, it actually is, has become such a popular thing that companies and businesses and organizations will use influencers to create trends, to uh, impact purchasing and, and profits. And so it, it, it's a big deal. And I, so I was reading this the other day that there, there are some different types of influencers. There's, there's four different levels of influencers online. The first, uh, they call mega influencers. And so these are people, these are usually celebrities, people that are popular, well-known, and that, that's somebody that has over a million followers, well over a, a million followers. And like I said, that's usually because of their name. Then there are macro influencers, and these are people who would have over 40,000 followers, and, and these are people who, who have become sort of industry experts in, in a certain field. Then they say there are micro-influencers, and these are people who have over 1,000 followers up to about 40,000 followers, and they just have an expertise in a, in a certain field, and so people follow them. And there's even nano-influencers, and these are people that have maybe under 1,000 followers, but they just understand a certain niche, uh, kind of an obscure niche, and people who have the same interest buy into and, and follow. And so that's your online course this morning. But the point to all of that is the world we live in, we, we still look to influencers to influence our purchases, our opinions, our thoughts. So if that's just the online world, how much more important would it be for you and for me as followers of Jesus to have influence? Yeah, and, I, and I think you can be a believer or you can be on the in crowd, which means I really do take serious the opportunity and the responsibility that I have to influence people for the cause of Christ. I want you to think about this question. How does it make you feel that you're, on the in, you're in the in crowd and you have this amazing capacity to influence people for the cause of Christ? We do have this great opportunity, but we have this responsibility. So you're, you're saying, well, I'm kind of a quiet person. They say that even the most introverted people during their lifetime will influence over 10,000 people. That's just the quiet people. The point is, we all have this ability to influence, but man, when it comes to the kingdom, we have this amazing opportunity to be more influential than we've been. And not only do we have the opportunity, I, I really believe that we, we actually have a responsibility to do so. If, if someone was going down a highway and the bridge was out, 
and you knew the bridge was out and you were in the road, how many know it would feel like your responsibility to let them know that danger's ahead? Well, we have a world about to go over the cliff and they're spiritually hungry right now and the church needs to speak up with the truth with the answers that we hold and be more influential than ever because they're listening right now more than they were listening two or three years ago. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this. Y'all ready to go? So I want to talk this morning about the power of influence. Everyone say influence. Go with me to Mark chapter 16. Elbow somebody and say, this is about to be good. Mark chapter 16. This is the message Bible. It says, and then he said, talking about Jesus. So if Jesus said something, hello, it's important. Some Bibles, it's so important that they wrote it in red. So he said, go, everyone say go. Go into the world, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. And whoever believes and is baptized, they'll be saved. Whoever refuses to believe by their own doing, they're damned. So let's pick that scripture apart. The first thing it says is go. This is Jesus talking and he's saying to you and me, what? Go. Sometimes don't we at church, we get comfy and we lose the whole motivation of going. Sometimes we've made church about being and staying and we've made it about gimme, gimme, gimme. And scripture, Jesus said, go. And why that's so important, because he's talking to a Jewish audience, and the Jewish audience was not used to hearing this type of language, because all through the Old Testament, everything had been about them. Now, all of a sudden, the message of Christ is going to a Gentile audience, and now everything's different. They're mandated, and it becomes necessary for them to go and take the message to the world, because at to this point, it had only been for a certain group of people. And now the message is to what? Go. And he said, go into all the world. And sometimes we immediately think, well, that's for people who are called to go to Africa and be missionaries. Well, let's define your world, shall we? Um, so we're talking about online. This is a little old school too, but um, y'all have Facebook now and TikTok and things of that. But how many remember back when it all began, there was MySpace? Yeah. MySpace was the original Facebook, right? We thought that was amazing. So we could look at it this way. There are some different spheres of influence. And you have your space or MySpace. Then we have our space and their space. So there are three different spaces. So the world is, it's, it's, it's the space you share with someone. For, for example, if you're wondering where your world is, any educators in here? Anybody? In, yeah. So guess, guess where, guess where that space is, where your world is. It's, it's that environment. Any business people? Yeah, guess what? That's not just where you make your profit. That's also a sphere of influence. Any medical people? Any government people? Anybody need something to do? <laughs> Somebody, I don't know where I'm at. Whatever your place is, let me say it this way. How well you do in the space you share with others is how 
well, you'll do in being invited into their space or them being invited into your space. So your world is that marketplace. It's that place where you spend your hour, you spend your time, you're around people. So what Jesus is saying is, go into your sphere and persuade the beliefs and the behaviors of others to change. That's what Jesus is saying. Go and he said, announce the good news. And the word announce is a really interesting word. It's, 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 it's a Greek word. You, you don't, there's no test on this, but it's a Greek word, um, caruso. And a carux was a person who was employed by the king and completely trusted by the king to get up before the people and go to them and announce the king's desires, policies, and wishes. And the king trusted him so much because he knew he would say it exactly how it should be said and it was a privileged position. That's what that word means. Jesus is saying, I'm sending you into the marketplace. I'm sending you into the, your, the, your sphere of influence to just announce the good news, to be a special representative, to tell them what Christ has done in your life, to tell them about the hope of Christ. In other words, you're, you're, that, you're the person in that spot. So um, let's just take a quiz. If you're an educator, is there anyone in your sphere that needs influence for the kingdom of God? How about business people? You ever run into anybody they need influence? How about, um, uh, what else? What we medical field. Well, guess, guess, why, guess why you're in that sphere? Because God sent you there on purpose. And, and the Bible actually says this, that he sends us into places, and it uses this word, he said, you're to occupy. How many of you ever read that in the Bible? We're to occupy. That word occupy, the Greek word, is where we get our word pragmatic from, which means to be very serious and very assertive. So what, what that means is we're to be very serious and very assertive of where Christ has put us with the opportunity to influence. So how many would agree that's important? It's important. And I, I know anybody that loves Jesus, anybody, if your life has been changed by the power of God, we know that it's important to influence people. We, we know that, don't we? So let me help you over the next couple of weeks of how we should do that, of, of how, um, I'll just give you some, some pointers or some tips, because I really want to challenge you, LifePoint, that I believe what is our call right now is to be very serious about influencing people around us. The, the winds of revival, you know what happens with revival? One, it starts with repentance, and two, it starts with reaching out. It's not just about us feeling good. It's absolutely about us repenting, God moving in our midst, and bringing others in. That's real revival. That's what real revival is. So if the winds are blowing, he's wanting to change some stuff in us, and he's wanting to blow some people into the kingdom. He's wanting to blow some people into this house. And how does he do that? Well, just blow, Jesus. No, what does he do? He uses us. Amen. Amen. So let's make some points. You ready to go? So here's my my first point. Um, Your lifestyle gives you leverage. Your lifestyle gives you leverage. And here's what I mean by that is your influence begins with you being very intentional and very responsible and very purposeful how you live in that sphere of influence. How you live in that sphere of influence is what gives you leverage with people. That's why, hope you know this, we're to live differently. We're not to look, smell, talk, or act like the rest of the world. We're supposed to have our life so changed. Not just that we're going to heaven. 
but heaven actually gets through us. We're just not supposed to act like the world. We're supposed to let God not just change our eternal destiny, but how we live, breathe, walk, talk, where we go, how we do life. And how well you live your lifestyle, wherever your sphere of influence is, gives you leverage. Everybody say leverage. I'll I'll unpack this. I I, I remember this. um, This was shortly after Pastor Diane and I moved our family back here. And I'll, I'll pick on my dad for a moment. But all of a sudden, he came home one day and said, I'm retiring. So we, we got this retirement party together. And I guess because I'm always up here talking, I got to be the MC. And so we had it at a restaurant. And there were some, there were some friends and family there. And there were some, some people that he worked with there. And he was an executive in the oil and gas industry for several years. And so we had a few people just share some good thoughts, some good things. And then people that he worked with just started getting up and just sharing about how much he meant to them. And person after person just said something sort of like this, that he never acted like the rest of us. He lived different, but we always knew we could go to him with family problems, marriage problems, issues. Why was that? That was because he lived a certain lifestyle in an atmosphere that wasn't real popular. But what it does with people is when you live, not, not to, we don't live condemning, we don't think we're better, but we uphold Christ because what does it do? It gives us leverage with people. If you act like the rest of the world and talk like the rest of the world, it doesn't give you leverage. You're, 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 you're the same as they are. But we should stand out. We should be different. I mean, we, we just talk different. We don't, we don't act like they do. Not, not in a condemning way, but why? Because Christ has changed us. But when you live your lifestyle a certain way, it gives you leverage with people. They may make fun of you, they may snarl at you, they may not include you, but when it comes time that their marriage is falling apart, or they're going through something in their health, or something's happening with their kids, or they've been challenged in a certain way, I'm telling you, where will they turn their attention? It'll turn to somebody who has some kind of answers, and because they've watched you, it's at that moment they'll realize that you got, you've gained leverage with them. Why? Because you know the whole Bible? No, because your lifestyle has been changed and altered, and it's different. Matthew chapter 5. This is really a familiar passage, but, but let's, let's use this. We'll use this again next week too. It says, uh, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you've lost your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Now look at these next few verses. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be What? You're here to be, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret that he should be what? Kept. Did y'all get that? God's not undercover. He's not top secret. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you out on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, look what it says. What? Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your life. Be opening to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. When you live the right lifestyle, it gives you leverage with people. Leverage is influence. Light point two is your leverage lights the way. 
When you see the word light in this scripture, it's talking about your actions. Anytime you see light, it's talking about your actions. When Jesus was on this earth, the Bible said that he was the light of the what? World. Jesus now is not walking on this earth. He's living in you. So now guess who the light is? You're the light. When he walked here, he was the light of the world. Now he shines through you and he shines through me. Now we're the light of this world. And the Bible says, let your good deeds so shine before men that they would take what? Recognition of him and they would glorify him. So what does light do? Light enables you and I, and enables people to what? See. People will not see hope in this hour, in this moment, unless they see it where? In you and me. Now, we've all said it's important to reach people. It's important to reach people with the cause of Christ. And people have asked me, what does that mean? Do we hold like crusades? Do we do outreach events? Do we, do, uh, we do all of it. But the, the greatest influence is you day in, day out, con- consistently shining your light. I, my, my family's probably tired of me saying this lately. Um, I, I was reading these articles just about the difference that consistency makes. Even in being healthier, losing weight, working out, they say that the key is just consistency every day. It's what produces the results. Not intensity, but consistency. Because you can come to work one day and be real intense because you heard me preach this on Sunday. And if you stop two weeks later, you've, you've made a mess of all of that. But consistency, week in, week out, day in, day out, are y'all getting me? So Jesus was the light while he was on the earth. Now he's the light through us. And how many would agree with me? It's dark out there. Yeah. And listen, people are blinded. That's why they need to see the light. Can I read that to you and prove it to you? Yeah. All right, all right, here we go. This is, this is 2 Corinthians. Um, look what Paul said. Now, it's because of God's mercy that we've been trusted with the privilege of this ministry. So your light, it's a privilege. It's a privilege for you and I to live this lifestyle at our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our schools. It's, it's our privilege. It's our privilege to light the way. Are you all with me? Everybody say, I'm with you. Now, look at, these, look at these verses. And we will not quit, and we will not faint, and we will not get weary. We reject every shameful cover-up, and we refuse to resort to trickery or distort, distorting the word of God. Someone say amen about that. You know why that's important? Because people need truth right now. They need truth. Instead, we open up our souls to you by presenting the truth to everyone's conscience in the sight and in the presence of God. Even if our gospel message seems veiled, it's only veiled to those who are perishing, for their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in what? Unbelief. Their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who's the divine image of God. We're not preaching ourselves, but rather the lordship of Jesus. For we are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who's cascaded his light in us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of knowing God as we gaze into the face of Jesus. You know what that says? 
The world's blinded. They're in unbelief. But they need to see the light shining through you, and they need to shine, see it shining through me. And I know we say it's important, and I know we know it's important, but I want to push you to the edge and, and, and encourage you to be more motivated and more responsible than you've ever been. Because I believe, if God told me to do this series, he's going to start giving you bigger, bigger opportunities. Y'all believe that? So let's talk about light for a moment. Because Jesus uses this illustration uh, about uh, being the salt and being the light. And he says that we should shine our light. And so light does a few things. I know you know this, but I, I put this up on the screen for you. This is the attributes of light. The first thing that light does is light does what? It dispels darkness. You don't know it's dark until you see the light. Did y'all get that? That's the only way that you know that there's darkness is you don't know it until you see the Let's make that spiritual for a moment. Some of you were in spiritual darkness and you didn't know it until somebody showed you the, until someone turned on the light. So the first thing that light does is it dispels darkness. And, and I know I've said it and you all shook your head, but how many know there's a lot of darkness out there? Actually, you know what the Bible says? It's dark and it's going to get darker. But you know what that scripture goes on to say? But the light is getting stronger and stronger and it's growing what? Brighter and brighter and brighter. So light dispels darkness. We need more light, not condemnation. We need more truth and more light because what does it do? It dispels darkness. When people realize they're in darkness, then they run to the what? The light. Not only does it dispel darkness, it, it exposes things. I, I like this next one. Light also what? It attracts. How many of you um, like sitting out by the, in the backyard around the campfire? It's, a, it's like a West Virginia thing. If you're new here, if you moved here, it's just what we do. We're, it's, I don't know. It's just real exciting to us. We sit around the fire. We love to do it at our house. We sit around the fire. Um, uh, how many have ever been camping maybe? Um, I, let, let me just get where I'm going. Um, how many know what a bug zapper is? It's, it's this light that you put up sort of near where you're sitting outside. And the light inside of it attracts what? The bugs. And it'll sort of sound like this. If you get a really big one, it's like, and smoke comes out. And you're like, that was awesome. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, if you're living the light, some bugs are going to be attracted to your life. But that's a good thing. Because it will, it will attract. Love this. Light gives direction. Light gives direction. There are people in your sphere or your circle, they need direction. So you know what God says? Those people need direction. They're in darkness. So you know what God did? He sent you to work there. Anyone in here work for the government? Yeah, a bunch of you. Hello. You know why you're there? Because it's dark. So God said, you know what? I'm going to send you there. Have you got the message? We just read it. Come on, church, but we're not to hide. This is not, this is not the season to go undercover. This is not the season to bunker down. This is the season to stand up and be the light. I love this last one. Light always illuminates its source. Who's our source of light? It's him. Hey, those, those are just natural things. If you're getting the point... You live your lifestyle right, not perfect, but you're intentional about how you're living around people, it's going to give you leverage. And when you give leverage, get leverage with people, 
it will light the way for people. Last, last, last life point. And your light leads to impact. Your light leads to impact. Impact means you have a, you have a, a dramatic effect on others. Are you trekking with me? Say, I'm trekking with you. Let's take a poll. Has Jesus changed anyone in here? I mean, really changed you. Ultimately, you love God more than anything. You, you do anything for him. How about be the light? That's what he's asked you to do. I know people say I die for him, but maybe he wants you to live for him. And I'll dare you, actually, we'll just say this prayer at the end, so I won't even tell you yet. But if you're, wherever it is you're working, it could be on a garbage truck. I don't know, that, that doesn't, but that's your sphere. God's saying, this is where you're at right now. And you might be in a job here like, I've been praying for God to get me out of here for like two years, and he won't get me out, because maybe he's not done there yet. I'm just waiting on the Lord to get me up and out of here. These people are crazy. That's why you're there. It's so dark where I work, pastor pray, the Lord picks me up and just puts me out of there. He's not going to pick you up and put you out of there because he put you there to begin with. So your light leads to impact. Jesus said, why would you light a lamp and put it on a stand and cover it up? In, in Palestine, it was very hard to, to light these oil lamps because they had to light the whole house. And so they would put them on these stands so they would go to great measures to make sure there was enough oil consistently flowing so those lights would stay on and not burn out. That's why the Bible says you don't take a light and hide it. You put it on a lampstand for all to see, for all to notice. This, this was a crazy statistic. I, I read this the other day. Most believers believe it's important to share their faith. But they say over the last six months, or during a six-month period of time, nearly 80% of believers never share their faith. And only 10% shared one time during six months. Now, that's not to condemn us. Let's just say, let's wake up and take this more serious. Take this more serious. I wonder if we would ask God for opportunities if he wouldn't give us more. I wonder if we were a little less concerned about us if we wouldn't see more opportunities. I wonder if we were more interested, if we were okay with being inconvenienced instead of just wanting to be comfortable all the time, if we could reach more people. How many have ever prayed that prayer? God, I just want to reach people for you. I don't know about you. I love being around those people. Maybe you're one of those people. My wife is more like this than me. That You can be somewhere, and she's just immediately thinking about how I can help somebody, how I can share the gospel with someone. Can I just be honest with you? That's not always my first thought. My first thought sometimes is like, this is the slowest checkout line I've ever been in. <laughs> Who trained these people? No one knows how to drive on this road except me. I'm in a hurry. Got to get my things done. I'm just being real with you. And she'll be like, I just, just want to share. I just want to buy their meal. I just want to do this. I'm like, I don't know. All right, come on. 
so I, I was talking to someone the other day and they, they told me this story. I'm not going to share names. You might not even know them, but they, they were saying that um, they had gone to the store and checked out and they were busy just doing life and getting home to the family and all that kind of stuff. And as they did, the person helping them lowered was just like really, really slow and taking forever and not doing a good job. And I think they got a little frustrated and just jumped in and started loading the car and went home and was just sort of just telling about it and frustrated. And then they started talking to their friend and their friend had been to the same store with the same person. And they, they started talking about what they look like. And so they were talking about the same person. The other person said, yeah, you know, I felt so much for him. That I just asked him if I could pray for him. And I prayed for him. So you have one person who was really frustrated because they were inconvenient. Another person who, well, I just felt like I should pray for him. That's not to say one person was better than the other. It's just saying, how many times have we just maybe missed our opportunity that we've always wanted? I want to close with this scripture. Y'all get something good this morning? I want, to, I want to close with this scripture. This is Isaiah chapter 60. Before I read that, I'll put this down in my notes. What if inconvenience was your assignment? Did y'all get that? I'm going to say it again. I want you to go, woo, because that's one of those. Because sometimes we just... We miss opportunities because we don't like to be inconvenient, which I just shared with you. I'm the king of that. What if inconvenience was part of our assignment? You say, and I believe you, and I agree, I'm willing to be inconvenient to reach people. But maybe we need to take that more and more to heart. I want to I read to you Isaiah chapter 60. And this is talking, obviously, about Israel in the Gentiles, but I want, I want you to put yourself in the receiver of this scripture. Isaiah 60, because Jesus said, you're the what? You're the light. How well you do with your lifestyle gives you leverage, and your leverage is going to light the way, and your light will lead to impact. So I want to challenge you with this. Everybody say, give it to me. Isaiah 60 says this, arise. Shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen all over you. Behold, darkness covers the earth and deep darkness is on people. But the Lord arises where? Over you. And his glory will be seen on you. The Gentiles will come to your what? Light. That, that's, that's the people away from Jesus. And kings to the brightness of your rising. What if we just use that scripture that, guess what? Has the glory of the Lord risen on any of you? Has, has he altered you? Has he changed? Am I talking to the right people? Yeah. Has he rescued you? Because yes. there was a time in your life, remember earlier I said, you're going down that highway and the bridge is out? And you should warn someone. Aren't you glad that someone warned you the bridge was out? Aren't you glad that you were rescued at that moment? Yes. Aren't you glad that, aren't you glad you're changed? Aren't you glad right now the hour we're living in, you're on the winning team? Aren't you glad right now you're someone who knows the truth? Aren't you glad right now you know that if you breathe your last breath today, you just transition to glory? 
Aren't you glad that you are forever from the moment you got saved, eternity started in your life and you're going to be in heaven with Jesus? Aren't you glad you're saved, redeemed, rescued, justified as if you had never sinned? Aren't you glad you're on a first name basis with God? Aren't you glad you have an immediate audience with the King of Kings? Bible says that, so it's come right into the throne room. When I go to my parents' house, I, I don't stand outside and knock for an hour. I go in, I open the fridge, I kick back. That's what it's like. God, he, you, have a, you have a passcode. You have access to the living room, the throne room of God. Why? Because you're his kid. You're his kid. And the Bible says all he wants to do is show off the riches of his goodness to you. My appeal to you this morning, because you guys are a great church. God's doing great things. When, when, I, when we first came here, um, all these people weren't here. And we were in that little building. And, and I walked up and I, I said something. Some of you will remember this. I said, here's what I'm saying to you. You need to come, come often, and don't come alone. Was anyone there? I said that. I used to say that a lot. So I'm going to throw back to old school and say, I want you to come, come often, and don't come alone. I want to challenge you. Do really well in your sphere, how you live your, your lifestyle. In your sphere, it's where you shop, it's where you live, it's, it's where you work, it's, it's, it's where you're at. Because I believe God's bringing people. Jesus said, go. Well, you, better only, you don't even really have to go that far. He's going to bring people. And the reason why he's bringing them to you is because you got something to share with them. What he's not saying is, get me on speed dial, let me come over and, and, and preach to him. That's not what he's saying. Your life preaches to him. Yeah. Your life preaches to him. Yeah. Did you get something good today? I got something great. Too. Awesome. Um, the reason why I brought Pastor Diane up here, we're, we're going to close with a song in a moment, but a lot of you have heard this story. But I actually met Pastor Diane the night she got saved. That's how you know. That's how I know she was saved. Because there's moments I wonder. There's moments I'm like, this girl saved. <laughs> like sometimes those attitudes, some of those things you say to me, I'm like, is she even saved? But I was there, so I saw it. I remember. So I'm like, yeah, I remember now. So God's working <laughs> on her, right? It's proof. It's proof. I'm just kidding. But so I was there. I, 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 um, I met her the night she got saved. Um, I knew a friend that had invited her to a church service, and so I met her that night. We went to Shoney's afterwards as a group. Y'all remember Shoney's? With a group, yeah. So we went to Shoney's. As a group. And she ate mashed potatoes off my plate. She's been chasing me ever since. Um, I digress. <laughs> Stick to the story. Um, but so I, I was talking to her about this, I, because I, she said her life, her life was like, dramatically changed oh absolutely and I think the night you got saved you even tell a story where you jumped over the, the I road I actually jumped over the pew to get up front so you really needed saved I no I, you're right I really absolutely needed saved I was in a desperate place in my life um, I was a good person but I didn't do good things and I was desperate like literally I was desperate I was miserable my um, life just you know, if somebody could betray me, they did. That's how I felt. Like, and I just felt very desperate. Couldn't trust. Couldn't believe in anything. Um, 
the interesting part when you were sharing here tonight or today, you were saying be in the light. And like, I think it's very interesting that it's not enough to know God because I knew there was a God. It wasn't like, I, I didn't grow up going to church every, it was like Easter and Christmas stuff. And my family like knew, and there were different denominations like in my family. So it wasn't like I was, uh, there was an, it was an unknown, like there wasn't a God. I knew there was a God. Um, but my life wasn't transformed or changed until I found out about a relationship with Jesus. So you can know God. You know what I mean? Like you, you can, can know, know him. him. You can know about him. him. Yeah. But your life actually being transformed or changed doesn't happen until you get into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And so there's, you know, we know about God. We know about all kinds of gods, you know. So I thought that was interesting that it wasn't like it was an unknown. But my life didn't get transformed until I came into a relationship with Jesus. So you were in a church service. You responded to the altar call, obviously. Yes. And your life's been changed. Transformed. And just completely. think of, I mean, God obviously had this awesome plan for your life. You're actually a pastor now. You do things for the kingdom. Yeah. That was God's destiny. And people, we all have a destiny. People have a destiny, but it has to start when they meet the saving power of Christ. Yeah. Ephesians talks about that. But so let's reverse this a little bit because okay. before there was ever a pew jumping, run to the front, Experience. come to Jesus moment, right. somebody brought you. There was a, a, a person where I worked. Um, actually, it was a temporary person for the time. It was just a temporary position because there needed to be a position filled for a while until somebody was actually hired. And so this person actually befriended me. And um, her, uh, her doing that, she she befriended me and her lifestyle spoke something to me. And then she started telling me about this Jesus and how it changed her life. So it was more about like her becoming my friend and influencing me. So her lifestyle gave leverage. Her lifestyle gave leverage in my life because she befriended me. She made me feel valued. There were things that it, it Here's how I look at it. She didn't influence everyone, but she influenced someone, and that someone was me. I heard someone say one time, do for one person what you could wish you could do for everybody. Mm -hmm. So Her intentionality. You were talking about this in your message, and I'm sitting there thinking, wow, she befriended me, so she had an influence on my life. One person. One person. So it wasn't like she had to have this multitude of people. It was one person. And she was very intentional about befriending me and showing me her lifestyle as to what was working in her life. And she could tell that's what I needed in my life. And she was never condemning, but she would call things out and she would say things, but she probably couldn't have done that had she not befriended me or had she not loved me and became somebody that had influence in my life. Because, you know, you can shut people down when you don't know who they are, right? But when you know who someone is or someone that actually makes you feel valued or loved, then you're going to listen to what they say. And it was almost like she knew exactly how to say it and she knew exactly what I needed. But because of the light inside of her, that gave opportunity for her to invite me to that event. I'm glad she did. I'm more than glad. 
Like, I mean, I would not be where I am today. I would either be dead or in jail. That's the truth. I know that. I know, I know that, I know that, I know. Um, so that was a transforming change. And it wasn't, it wasn't a church service that did it, like initially. Because I would have probably never went to a church service like that had I not had a friend that loved me enough to say, hey, will you go somewhere with me? Because she befriended me and she had an influence and I knew I could trust it. That's when the invitation came. Then when I was there, that's when I was changed. And that's when I knew that my desperation needed my transformation because of Jesus. And that was a life-changing event. And to, to remember, it even humbles me to remember, I literally jumped a pew <laughs> to get up front. And then when I was up there and I had said that, that prayer and, and literally I felt like I went through a weight loss program. I felt like I lost 500 pounds. Now, did everything go great in my life? No. But man, I felt like I lost 500 pounds because all the desperation, all the hurt, all, all of it just like fell off. And <laughs> it's terrible. I, I asked really silly questions um, about like, no, do I have to stop doing this just because I got saved? Um, but after that, like I didn't want to do those things. So when I had the opportunity to, when it was like, yeah, I could still do those things. But when it came opportunity to do those things, I didn't want to do those things. So that's how I knew I was completely transformed. And I didn't get, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was because of the transformation. Like, but I wouldn't have had that connection with her had she not befriended me. And she was not, intent, like, she was intentional. She didn't do it with the whole office. She did it with me. So that's what I was thinking there. It's like, she didn't do it with everybody. She just did it with someone. And from that, and, and I've said this to you multiple times, like from that, whatever I believe beyond a shadow of doubt that I have an influence in, she gets credit for that influence too. Because she was the one who influenced me. It's like a, what is that called? A compounding or a domino type cascading. effect, cascading, yeah. yep, cascading, duh, yep. light, world, the word. But had she not asked, like befriended me, had she not done that, she couldn't have just come in and just talked about this stuff. She had to do something towards me, and she did, awesome. and it was very intentional. Awesome. Can we all stand? Change. Can we all stand? I, I wanna, I wanna ask you a question. I want you to think about why. Why did you come to Jesus? Why did you come to Jesus? You leaving me? <laughs> who, who inspired you? Who influenced you? Who was, who, who was there? I just want to challenge you. Be, become that person. Let me say this. We're going we're gonna to do a song. I think a lot of times we... We don't know what to say. We feel like we have to know the whole Bible. You don't have to know the whole Bible. Your, your life is a living testimony, what Jesus has done. And I also wanted to dispel this. Sometimes we, we think this way. Well, no one wants to hear this. No, no, no one's going to receive Christ. No one's going to accept this. But, but I want to give you this. If God puts you in that sphere and he puts you in that place, 
space you with this message this morning. Um, I want you to look at it this way. The person that God begins to put on my heart and mind, they're coming to church with me. They're coming to Jesus. They're coming. I know if he put me there, the light invades the darkness. I want you to have a faith about it, a belief about it, a confidence about it. And so we're going to do this song. And I want you to do something this morning. I want you to say, God, show me the face of the person or a couple people that you want me to reach, that you have put in my path. It could be the most annoying person in your path. I don't know. It could be the most annoying neighbor on the block. It could be, I don't know who it is, but I want you to just ask God. And don't walk out of here like, he didn't show me anybody. He will show you. And just say, God, show me the person. And listen, that's your project. You don't have to save the whole world. That's your project. That's your influence. In this series, can we do that? God, just show me. And just begin to ask God for for opportunities, for open doors, etc. But while we sing this song, I think we're going to sing, I am available. Man, what a good song. God, I'm available. Just, just use me and, and, and show me who you want me to reach. Look at the person next to you and say, we're the light. How, how, many, how many agree with this? And I, gotta go, I know I'm talking a lot this morning, but how, how many agree with this? There's a lot of darkness around our region. And you know how easy it is to moan and groan and gripe about it? But you know who God chose to impact this region? It's you, me, our church, other churches like this. This is, this is our responsibility. It's our opportunity. Who, who, who would God put on your heart?